I'm only going to say a few things. I want you guys to continue eating. But around your table, I kind of want to try and steer discussion a little bit. Uh, around your table, uh, if you can, remember what it was like when you were in junior high. All right? And this is going to be great. It's going to be a good opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other and, and be a little more transparent and share some embarrassing stories. But, you know, we all have junior high students, except for me and my wife, of course, uh, and the Julians who are here. It's so gracious to pour into what's going to be the future. I invited them specifically because I want to hear um, the opinions of those who are going to have kids in junior high at some point. And that's why it's so valuable. So share some stories about when you were in junior high, some of the funny ones, some of the goofy ones, uh, and compare that to your own kids. You know, don't give away the farm telling every embarrassing story that can be used against them, because I'll be walking around listening in. But, uh, you know, a good couple stories of when you were in junior high and seeing your kid growing up in, you know, being a junior higher, what comparisons there are, what things are totally different, uh, what you see in your kid, uh, and what you remember from when you were growing up doing the same thing, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. So talk around that about your tables, and then we're going to get started uh, in a few minutes after we all eat and have some fun. I'm going to pull over some garbage cans so it's easy to throw stuff away. There's notebooks on your tables too. Uh, I'll be talking about those later, but th grab one. They're yours to keep, and there should be pens on your table. If you don't find one that works, I'll get you one that works. So keep going, enjoy talking, having fun, and uh, I'll be back in a couple minutes.
There we go. Okay, here we go. So I hope you guys had fun sharing some interesting stories, getting yourselves in the mindset of a junior hire. Let me share with you a little bit. I got to put my name in every one of these or I, I lose and then people read my secret thoughts. Um, and that's real. They put them online. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit about why I, we're, you're all here. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of an update on junior high, where we're at right now, uh, and a little bit of where we're going in the next few months, uh, what you'll see as part of fall. Uh, and then I'm going to, and which is the best part of why we do this, um, I'm going to start throwing out some of the bigger questions of what um, I struggle with as a junior high pastor, things we're trying to figure out, um, how to maneuver um, with these young students. And I'm going to get your input on it. And some of it's going to be table discussion, and then I'm going to ask you to, to give stuff my way. And, you know, I hope you have good, loud talking voices, or at least someone at your table has a good, loud talking voice, because um, it's something that we can all share together. Uh, and then from that... I'll compile it all, and it will go into what helps steer the direction of our ministry uh, for the next couple of months and even years, and you'll see a little bit about that. So uh, the reason you're all here today is because I like to do a thing every few months called the Parent Council. We've got an email about it inviting you to it. Uh, the motivating factor behind it is that I'm 29 years old. Uh, there's my wife. She's 28. Uh, we do not have a junior high kid. All right, so just in case you were wondering if I'm old, you know, married to someone a lot older who has a junior high kid, that's not true. She's 28. She does not have a junior high kid. So we don't have junior hires. And it's typical in student ministries that you have pastors or directors or coordinators that don't actually live with people in the age group in which they pastor. You know, for adults, it's completely different. I mean, they are adults and they live with adults and they talk with adults all the time. Uh, I see junior hires once a week for life group. Uh, when we do an event, I see them a little extra. And on the weekends, obviously, I see them a ton. But other than that, there aren't junior hires running around our offices. You know, there are adults up there, so I spend time with adults. And those times we spend with adults, we're planning and we're thinking about the best way to do life groups or the best way to run an event or what is compelling to a student on a weekend service. And we do all that without really getting the opinions of junior hires. You know, Joe Hayes is the guy who runs a, a lot of our weekend program. Uh, and when he has an idea for Easter or for Christmas or, you know, just something in the big box, he'll walk around the offices and ask people their opinions because the people he's asking are all adults. I don't have that opportunity to walk around and ask junior hires what they think. Uh, I have about four parents at church um, that work here who have junior hires, uh, and there are a lot more that have, you know, students that are older, but it's different than hearing from you, my families, my parents. So I like to get together once in a while. I do it about four, three or four times a year, um, or as I feel necessary, uh, and I thought it was necessary to get a big one together because we're taking big ground this year, uh, and I like to get the opinions of everyone uh, and not that I take every opinion, because I cannot. It's impossible to do that. But a lot of what I get from our parent council helps steer the vision and direction of our junior high ministry. You guys might not know that, so let me give you an example. Uh, we are going to hear me talk about life groups in a little bit. A lot of life groups was steered by some of what I got from our last parent council. They gave me great input, and I'm going to share a lot of that with you. Uh, and it helps steer the direction of how and why we're doing life groups the way that we're doing it. So I highly value this time. It's much more of a learning time for me. So I hope you didn't come thinking like, oh, this was great. I'm going to be able to get a lot of stuff. You're the ones who are giving me stuff. And I'll be writing things down, and you'll be writing stuff down, uh, and I'll steal all your notes later. 
but the hope is to make a really strong junior high ministry. And so there are some in the room who have kids that have left junior high, and that's exciting because um, they speak with, a, with an experience that I do not have. I have not been here that many years. I've been here it was my three-year anniversary in April, I believe. Uh, so I've not been here that many years. I've been here a short amount of time. So a lot of families in the room have years of experience and having students go through junior high and through high school and through transitions of staff members, which we're going to talk about uh, sometime tonight. Uh, I do not have a junior hire, like I said, and, and most of you in this room have at least one junior hire, uh, and at least one family in here doesn't have any junior hires at all, which is important because soon they're going to have junior hires, and the ministry they're putting their kids into, it matters to me that it's something that's going to work, not just for where we're at right now, but for where we're going as a church long term. Uh, I'm a long term guy. I love junior high ministry specifically, and I love this church. They let me do some of the most creative things that anyone in America is doing, believe it or not, and I'm going to share a little bit about that, and it's, a, it's really bragging on my team. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an update just to get things started of where we're at with junior high. I'm going to start from where we left off last year. So when we left off last year, um, we averaged about 226 students a service. Uh, that was the average kind of over the bulk of the school year. Um, that was our year-end average as we headed into summer. Now, summer is a very you know, wonky time. Uh, summer is a time where we intentionally reach out very far. Uh, now, if you're a, a Christ follower, which everyone in this room is, uh, you have in your mind, you know, a picture right now of the church being the ones who reach out and they reach out and they reach out, but they never are willing to go deep. And we spend the summer intentionally going very wide so that it sets us up for fall when we go very deep. So we spent the summer going very, very wide. Uh, we did a plethora of events. Some of your kids I saw here almost every night of the week. Um, and we taxed our team um, beyond what I believe that they could have done. Um, but they rose to the occasion, and they did an incredible job. Uh, we were able, because of that, to see 213 students at this church for the very first time, kids that your students brought as friends to check out what we're doing in junior high. 213. That's incredible. Uh, furthermore, we had the opportunity to see our kids over 600 times this summer. That's not a unique number, not 600 different students who came, but over the course of summer, we were able to see our students 600 different times to tell them we cared about them, to tell them they mattered, to tell them they belonged in the ministry. You know, because of that, uh, as we started launching toward camp, um, we had a very crazy goal. You know, last year, you might have heard Kyle Zimmerman talking about our three words for last year, uh, which were fearless, focused, and irresistible. Now, when Kyle was talking, I was, he unveiled the whole thing in a staff meeting, and I was sitting there next to who was my operations director at the time, Diane, and I whispered to her, I said, you know, we should take 300 students to camp next year. And she just looked at me and thought I was crazy. Because you know, in 2008, they took 86 students to camp. 2009, they went a little higher. Uh, they broke into the 90s. Uh, 2011, um, they really broke in and brought 106 students to camp. 2012 um, was a really great year. Uh, 123 students um, went to camp. Uh, and last year, 2013, 143 students went to camp. Incredible stuff. Uh, this year, uh, I wanted to do something different. So we connected with all the campus leaders, uh, and I looked at the team, and I said, this is going to be a lot of hard work, but this is why we do what we do, and, and this, isn't, you know, this isn't slavery, so if this isn't for you, you, know, you, you can go, and that's totally fine. No, har no hard feelings, but we're going to take the hill because that's where it is, and students are there, and we're going to find them, and that's where we're going. So we went feverishly toward that goal, and we took 330 students to camp something that's never been done before in junior high or high school on any campus. It was really, really good. Uh, and that number may sound exciting, if not to share that 60 
of those 330 students are students that have never been to our church before. They've never been to a service before. They've never been to an event before, maybe an event or two, but they've never been to a big sugar fest during the year. This is all in the context of summer. So friends invited people they knew, and they came to camp. You know, there was a student in Huntington Beach, and that 60, you know, covers all of our campuses. And that's an exciting thing for our church. Uh, there's a student in Huntington Beach. Uh, he was invited. He, him and his family were Hindu, um, but they were, they liked the guy who was running things. His name's Graham Cowgill, and they just liked his vibe. That's what they said. We were like, really like your vibe. So we're going to send our kid to camp. At camp, he met Jesus at camp. Changed his life. Came back and said, Mom, Dad, like, I, you know, I learned about this Jesus, and I accepted him. And I don't know what that means, but we need to start coming to church. And last week, they went to church for the very first time. Hindu family. That's the stories that make our church what it is. And the fearlessness that goes into a junior high ministry that luckily, because we don't have the magnifying glass on us all the time, it gives us the freedom to be creative and do very different things. So when we say we're going to take 300 students to camp and we take over that, uh, and you know we didn't have the leaders, we did not have the leaders to make that work. It was a struggle when we got up there. We learned a lot about running a 300-person camp from a ministry that's always run 130-people camps. Uh, next year, we're looking for a new camp that's not eight hours away, okay? I know. Yeah, good. Yeah, see, everyone claps for that. They love that, and you clap too. Well, we drove in our FJ, so it didn't even phase us, but uh, for everyone else, it was pretty bad. Uh, we're not going that far ever again. You know, the re just in case you didn't know, the reason we went that far, uh, we went to a camp called Oakbridge, Young Life Camp. Uh, we couldn't go there anymore. We outgrew it. Uh, we had to go somewhere else. They gave us a really good financial deal um, up at Woodleaf, which is why we went there. Uh, the deal was still in place. We could have got the same good financial deal. Uh, the distance is too much. Um, you know, the, the drought made it kind of tough. Uh, and honestly, we actually packed out that camp too. So if we wanted to bring more students next year, we couldn't. And I'm not okay with that. Uh, so we're looking at some new camp options. Forest Home's a great option. Uh, it's also on the table to run two weeks of camp at a smaller camp, believe it or not, one that all the campuses would go to and one that would just be Irvine-specific. So there's a lot of talking of what that would look like, um, but this is what I know for sure. Uh, we're going to put on a, a big push for more leaders to make sure that the cabin groups are smaller and that we never have to say no to a kid to go to camp because life change happens at camp. You know, launching into this year already, we have more life group signups than we've ever had before at this time of the year, um, which is exciting. Um, usually, we launch life groups right after camp. We actually launched them a little bit before because usually we've started life groups uh, in October. Um, so we're going to start them earlier this year. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But more signups than ever before uh, because more students are hopefully excited than they've ever been before. And we have more leaders um, for the female side than we've ever had before. We actually have probably more female leaders than we need. We don't have enough male leaders yet, and it's something we're still working on, trying to figure out. Staff transitions you know, have hit us hard in that, uh, but we're going to keep moving forward, and we're going to talk about staff transitions uh, a little later tonight, too. So I want to give you a, a little bit more of an overview, piece by piece, as we're moving into fall, what are some of our focuses? So if you were going to take notes, it's a perfect note-taking lesson. Uh, not lesson, note-taking uh, seminar. Thing, time, all right. I always say to the kids, this is a note taker's lesson. So it's like one of those things, like the look, look, look. Wait, look, look. What does he do? Look, look, look. Listen, listen, listen. All right. Just like that. Uh, student leadership uh, is going to be a really big deal this year. Uh, student leadership, uh, if your kids are involved in it, they know how powerful it is. Uh, we publicly say from the stage that we want the ministry in the hands of our students. So we've designed six areas of student leadership that allow them to take control. So that's what we do. Uh, we're going to be putting a lot more money towards student leadership this year. 
We're going to be putting a lot more time toward the training and development of our student leadership this year. Uh, we're going to give them more opportunities to serve in different ways. Um, our relationship with children's, which is great, is only getting stronger to make sure that the students who are serving in the port, rather they be junior high or high school students, are not just being forgotten about. You know, because that's really what the system is right now. Like we have our student leadership system, but in reality, any you know kid could sign up to serve in the port, and they would ever never see us or never see the high school staff. Uh, so we're fixing a lot of those inner workings to make sure that every kid who serves in Port Mariners is equipped to do it, um, is trusted to do it, which is a huge deal to you know people who have kids uh, that they are being sent with you know adult and volunteer leaders who can be trusted. Um, three, to make sure they're being poured into and cared for, which is a huge deal and followed up with. Uh, and four, this is probably the most important thing to me and Jared, uh, that students don't, in lieu of going to church and hearing God's word and living life in community, that they don't serve in lieu of that. Serving is so good, uh, but serving is not community. Serving is not hearing God's word. Serving is not corporate worship. Uh, we want to give students the opportunity to do that. Um, so we're going to make sure that that happens. So that's bridges we're building with children's. Um, we're going to stick with the six areas of student leadership we have. We're going to spend a lot more time on it this year to make it even better, um, especially in the leadership development side, that we're not just teaching them tasks of how to do lights, but we're teaching them why lights are important in a service. You're not just how to play an instrument, but why it's important to lead people into worship. Um, so some of our worship pastors at church, like Caleb and Allison, uh, they're helping pour into that with Jason um, to make sure that we're teaching kids the values of worship, not just the tasks of worship. So student leadership, uh, Serena runs that. It's only going to get better, uh, and we're just, you know, we're going to keep moving on. So uh, next, uh, life groups. I think life groups is the next one. Uh, life groups is a really big deal this year. Really pumped for life groups. Uh, we have always done life groups where it starts in October and it ends in May. Uh, and it's gone through full tilt all the way. Uh, so when I was uh, director of ministry before I was a junior high pastor, that's what I did. Uh, we met at the Viola's house. And then my sophomore year, when I became the junior high pastor, we were meeting at the Chanute's house, which is a great house. Broke a couple things, but they never held it against us. Uh, and then the boys left that house, and the girls went there. I don't think anything's been broken yet. So, yeah, pretty good. The girls are, there's not like us. So we used to do it full tilt all the way through. This year, we're doing it completely different. Um, we're doing it in sessions, three sessions to be exact. Uh, it was out of actually what we talked about in their last parent council. Um, you know, the, the truth is that students are taxed with things other than church, and I understand that. And leaders are taxed too, that they need a break, they need a time to rest. Uh, and host homes need a time to rest. And they also need a time to get, get out, like without it being awkward. Like they need a time to be able to say, we need a season off of students running around our house, and that's okay. And we need to train our leaders. Like we need to make sure that's really built in because uh, it wasn't functioning the way it should have been. And we need to celebrate our leaders, like really thank them. And that wasn't built in the way it should have been either. So we're going with a session system. It starts in September, earlier than we've done it before, but we're kind of coordinating it with fall kickoff and the launch of Rooted and launch of adult life groups. Uh, we're going to be making it easy for students to sign up uh, and be in this life group, but we're capping them. Now, hopefully we won't have to say no to a single kid. I don't want to say no to anybody but I'm willing to, to ensure the integrity of the group. Now imagine if this was a life group, and I was a life group leader, and let's say my wife uh, was also a life group leader. So all of us are in a b one big life group, and, and you know this table is just all about God's word, and this table is all about God's word. This table, all they want to do is sneak off and kiss. And this table is all about God's word. And that table over there doesn't care and brings their phones, texts, and they, just don't, they don't care. Now, Imagine how terrible it would be for this table, this table, and this table if all of our leaders' time was spent corralling them, making sure they're not running around, making out, 
and, you know, trying to help get them focused. Like, hey, hey, you know, focus up what we're doing here. These guys would stop showing up if the reason they're coming is to learn God's word. Now, that's a problem that we've seen. And it's a problem that parents have brought up to me. And I've never felt empowered to fix it because I just wasn't there yet. Well, we're there now. We're there, there in that place where it's time to turn a corner. Uh, and this is the corner we're turning. Uh, if we say no to kids, hopefully we don't have to. It's all about leaders. So if we get enough leaders, then every kid will be in a group. If we don't get enough leaders, uh, we'll have to say no. And we'll have to say wait, and there'll be a waiting list. Uh, and because we want to make sure the groups that are in place, that stuff happens where they're learning God's word together. And that's a very, very big deal. Uh, the sessions are created like this. It'll start with a leader training. So when you put your kid in a life group, every leader gets trained the week before. So for you guys, life groups will start the 16th. The training will be the week before on the 9th. Your life group leaders, the kids, the, the you know, people that will be with your students, will be trained by me and by others about how to run a group. And some awesome parents have really spoken in from the educational side of group dynamics and, and how to run a group. Uh, the teacher stuff that I just don't know. I know the youth pastor stuff, the teaching God's word stuff. So I got a lot of great input from, uh, from some parents on that angle. Uh, we got a lot of great material from group publishing to help us train our leaders. And we have a, a very efficient system um, called Lead Small. Um, from the Rethink group from Orange, uh, and we're following a lot of that model for our training as well. It's going to be really, really good. Uh, they're going to get trained. That first week of life groups, that first one ever, we're going to be here at church. The 16th, if your kids sign up for a life group, I'll see you. We won't be in this room. There'll be too many of us. We'll be in another room, uh, and we're all going to be together. It's going to be great. And the students, and then we'll, I'll teach, and then, you know, the, then the leaders will go off, and we'll do a thing around campus, and I'll share with you guys the vision of life groups for the year so every parent will be able to hear a little bit of what you're hearing right now. That first meeting is an essential one, too, because unlike other years, when I always say, you know, serve's important, your life groups should serve together and whatnot, um, we're not just throwing it out there like a suggestion anymore. Completely different this year. The parents of your life group, so you and all of the other life group, parents of your little, you know, seventh grade girls or eighth grade boys, whatever, you guys will be the ones who select the serve that night. So you'll have a whole list and you'll compare schedules at the table and you guys will be the ones to pick what is the best for your student? Rather it be UCP, serving with special needs kids, the chili van, there's going to be a couple other options on the list, and you'll be the ones picking it because who knows your students better than you? So it's not going to be an arbitrary choice. It'll be an intentional choice, and then we'll be committed to it. We're going to start life groups that following week then in the homes, and you'll have the addresses for that. Every life group session comes with three things. These are all very important. It comes with a serve, one that the parents select. It comes with a prayer experience, because I think prayer is a really big deal, and I wrote an amazing prayer experience that I hope, actually, I hope it's amazing. It might be totally lame. Uh, hopefully, it's amazing, but it's a prayer experience that connects students to hearing God's voice. And I think there's multiple ways of hearing his voice. I hear God's voice in dreams all the time. And I know it sounds totally wonky, but I'll wake up, and you'll, you'll have crazy dreams, and sometimes you don't remember them, but then you'll have that one that's like, like wow, that's... And for me personally, that's how God speaks. That's how I knew I was supposed to marry Brittany. That's how I knew I was supposed to come to Mariners. I think God speaks in dreams. God speaks in different ways. I want to teach kids that. It's going to be great. Uh, and everyone comes with a worship night that will be here at church. And you'll have the dates for all those. Actually, they're already set, believe it or not. If you went online to junior high, uh, jhmlifegroups.com, uh, which I encourage all of you to check that out, jhmlifegroups.com. Uh, all the curriculum is on there, so you can read everything we'll be teaching your kids. The parent emails are on there. Um, the stuff the leaders will read in preparation is on there. What they'll be leading in the room is on there. Uh, and in addition, if you click that first tab, it'll give you the Irvine schedule week by week by week, when we're doing the worship night, when we're doing the kickoff, so on and so forth. We'll do all the teaching, go through the whole semester. It'll end 
with a big party. Because I think life groups need to party and celebrate and have fun with each other. So they will. And the week right after that, we're going to get all the leaders together. And we're going to throw them a huge dinner and a huge celebration to thank them. And then we take a break. Because taking breaks are good. We're taking a break the whole month of December this year. Because December is a big month, holiday month, that semester's wrapping up. Give families the time to relax. We'll kick back into it in January. And then in January, it'll be the same thing. We're not going to meet in here as these big family groups. Uh, we'll meet in the host home. So families, you'll go to the host home, and you, so there you'll select to serve, and then you'll leave, and then we'll do the whole semester and a prayer experience and a worship night and a celebration, and then we take a break, and we do the third semester. Now, it makes it easy because it'll give host homes the opportunity to move. It also gives students the opportunity to move. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a grace-filled guy, man. I love grace. I bleed grace. I'm the most under, I hopefully, do you don't think I'm a grace-filled person? I'm, yeah, with the students I am. Well, yeah, with adults, I'm totally different. <laughs> adults have learned. Students, they're still learning. I, I'm so full of grace. Okay? I, I want to be understanding and loving to kids. Here's the thing. Not every student is made to be in a life group in every single season. Some seasons, it's better to take a break, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, it's not a bad thing to say, this is not the perfect season. Let's take a break together. Does that mean they're abandoned and they're the black sheep and they're out of the flock? That's not what it means at all. But it, it means that I'll spend time with them in a different way, or my female staff will spend time with her in a different way, and, and because I want to protect feverishly the integrity of life groups. That when you send your kid, and life groups aren't cheap, they're like 60 bucks this year, and you're going to get your bang for your buck, okay? And it's, like, it's totally worth it. When you pay that money, the integrity of life groups, I protect that to make sure it's efficient, um, to make sure kids are learning, um, to make sure leaders are there and they're equipped. So it will be a really great year. Uh, it will give a time for students to walk away. It'll be a time for students to come in. It'll be a time to take a, uh, to launch new groups. If we get the opportunity to launch new groups, um, it's all built in the life group system. Uh, next, uh, one of the things that we're really pumped about is I think it's about how we're recruiting leaders, right, Polly? Uh, recruiting leaders is a really big deal, and we've really sought clarity on what it takes to be a really good volunteer leader in junior high. Uh, and I want volunteers who want to be um, part of something big. So I want volunteers that love Jesus, I want volunteers that love fun, and I want volunteers that are responsible. If I can find that, so an adult that, that loves Jesus, I mean, that's the most important thing to me. If I can find that, I mean, we're in really good shape so far. You've know, you got to be able to have fun. I mean, that's the, the universal language of junior high is fun. And if you're really quiet, I mean, you can hear it out there. It sounds like someone's banging a hammer against the floor. I mean, that sounds, that's fun, right? And they're having the time of their lives out there. You know, we just threw a bunch of tools from facilities and like, have at it. And they're just like, oh, all right. They're having fun out there. You gotta be able to have fun in junior high. If you can't have fun in junior high, you're a mess. And you gotta be responsible. You gotta know the where the line is to fun. I love having a really good time. You know, at camp, uh, you know, the high school camp and at the junior high camp, there there was some that were pushing the line of fun. I mean, they pushed that line pretty hard. And sometimes that line broke a little bit, and that's tough. And that's that's stuff we've dealt with. Uh, but there are times that leaders held the line because they are responsible and they love having fun and they get where the line is and they enforce it. So we're looking for great weekend leaders, life group leaders, guest relation leaders, which is uh, the easiest thing in the world. It's greeting kids in our snack bar and our leader lounge, which we built back there. Uh, it's saying hello, and it's making it easy for our weekend leaders to connect with kids and be relational, do all the things they do. Uh, and the thing I'm most excited about is our special needs leader. Um, we're going to be putting a huge emphasis toward recruiting special needs leader. It's not a lesser leader. It's not a weekend leader who just hangs out with special needs kids. It's a leader that's trained specifically to work with the needs of our special kids uh, who are very different but not less than any kid in the ministry. Um, I want to make sure that junior high is a destination for families 
to have a safe place to send their kid. So we're pursuing this for our leaders, and I'm really excited about it for this year. It'll be really good. Uh, the last two things uh, are the things that you guys are probably going to be most interested in. It's the depth of our ministry. So like I said, we spend the summer going very wide. Well, I like to spend fall digging very deep. And I don't like kind of just guessing at it or making up as we go along. Um, we've worked with the campuses over the last eight months to design specifically um, what we're going to be doing to go deep with your kids and what we're going to teach them. You know, I was uh, sitting there uh, right before fall, or not fall, it was right before jump up, and a parent came up to me, uh, and I was getting coffee, and they recognized me. And they asked me, you know, hey, you know, you're the junior high pastor. I'm like, yeah. So what are you going to teach my kid when they get to junior high? And that's such a broad question. What are you going to teach my kid? Well, it's a million things I could say. I'm going to teach him how to mature and how to, you know, challenge himself. I'm going to teach him how to be a student leader. If he signs up for student, I'm going to help his brain develop because I'm going to give him opportunities to, to grow and be different, uh, which is stuff I get to talk about all the time when I, when I visit your class. Uh, I'm going to give him opportunities to develop. Uh, you know, we're going to teach him about Jesus, and we're going to teach him how to worship. We're going to, I mean, we're, we're going to teach him. There's so many things we're going to teach him. And in that, there's no clarity at all. I mean, that's not an answer. Saying I'm going to teach them everything, that, that's not an answer to anything. So what are we going to teach your kids? When they come in in sixth grade, and you, some of you have sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, which you're going to come in in a couple years, what are we going to teach them? So we decided we're going to divide it up. And this isn't stuff that is just like the craziest stuff ever. I mean, this is all out of God's word. We're just putting it into our Mariners junior high language uh, and look uh, and direction and clarity. So when you guys walk away, you're like, I know what junior high teaches. This is what we're going to do. This is the first step in helping grow depth in our junior high students. It's with God. You know, we want every student to be with God. Uh, we want them to live life with God. We want them to experience life with God, you know, daily, regularly. You know, we want them to explore God's word, you know, getting into God's word and reading it and knowing how to read it and how to study it and what's inside of it. And not just the, knowing the books of the Bible in order. That's awesome. But that's not me. All right, they, I'm hoping they cover that next door. When they get into junior high, I, I want them to explore the Bible for what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with. You know, when a friend stabs them in the back, and, that ha and that's how kids describe it, because they watch too many movies. My friend feels like they just stabbed me in the back. I want them to know where to go to in the Bible to help find answers. You know, when parents are splitting up, or where, when they're getting bullied at school, and they, you know, when students are like, you know, I read these cards. They had these sin cards. I don't know if anyone who went to camp told their kids told you or your kids told you about a sin night and these cards they filled out, and that when we did, you know, Jesus night, and I started pulling these cards out and reading them. I don't know if anyone mentioned that or not. Um, but we had these cards on stage, and I start pulling them out and just reading them. And I vetted through them because I, I wanted not, not to manipulatively, you know, grab the most powerful ones, but I, I, I wanted to grab the most I wanted to grab the ones that I knew were going to touch many students in the room. So I went through them, and there were ones that students wrote, and I grabbed some of these, and it broke me, totally broke me. And I'm thinking to myself, if a student was dealing with this, where would they go? If I wasn't there, or if the podcast, or if the app, or the website, all this technology, all that shenanigans wasn't there. All they had is one of those blue Bibles over there with, with, with no maps and, and no fun stuff in it, just the words of, of God, which is fun, but they're a junior higher. Where do they go to get answers to those questions, those struggles? I want to teach them that. I want to teach them how to explore God's word. That's important to me, and we're going to do that this year in a completely different way than we've done it before. Um, we want them to know God's word. So built into every life group, every week, there's a verse for them to memorize. And they come back and memorize it next week. They don't get a prize because I don't believe in prizes for, for learning God's word. I believe in public affirmation. I believe in them getting the chance to share that verse with the entire group. 
because they learned it and then everyone can encourage them. That's what I believe in. Candy bars, I don't believe in that. I believe in public encouragement and displaying God's word to their friends. That's a big deal. Uh, we're going to be doing um, some fun scripture memorization stuff. It's always been part of our summer calendar, uh, but we're going to be doing some other fun stuff here in junior high that part of our lessons, not every single week, but more regularly than not, we're going to leave them with a verse that they can take home memorize. Now, we're going to be building our series along with what the church does. We take about 30% of the year off, but now going into fall kickoff, we're going to be right on target with what the church teaches. So we're going to be online with what we're going to be teaching. We already know a month out what we're going to be teaching. So some weeks, we'll send them home with a card that just has a verse on it. Nothing huge, nothing crazy, nothing gigantic, just a verse with a card on it, something they could take home and put in their pocket and put in their locker, uh, something to make it easy for them to have God's word in front of them. And with the intentionality that we want them to know God's word. So we're going to talk about it often, and we're going to put that logo everywhere because we want you know, the big light and the whole thing, and we want kids to know God's word. You know, we want kids to talk to God. I think prayer is such a big deal, and it's forgotten. Because uh, kids, sometimes kids feel uncomfortable, you know, just praying, you know, in their room and in the secret. And well, what do I say? What if I say something wrong? And I don't want to be selfish, so I don't want to pray for me. But I also don't like that other person, so I better not pray for them. And, you know, they just don't, they don't totally get, they don't totally get it. And most importantly, they don't hear immediate answers. You want an immediate answer? Pull out your cell phone and text a friend. You get an immediate answer. You want an immediate answer? Throw up a picture on Instagram and watch and see how many likes you get. And that's immediate. Now that's ruined our students in hearing God's voice because God's voice is not immediate like that. It takes time. You know, some of us as adults, I mean, we've been here doing this Christian thing, following Jesus for years, and we're still learning and developing, maturing and hearing God's voice. I'm still developing and maturing. You are developing and maturing. Our students, they, they are just beginning the journey. Some of them, they hear God's voice, and it blows my mind. They're so young. Some of them, they don't even know how to start listening or where to start listening. They think God only speaks in one way sometimes. It blows my mind. We want to teach students to talk to God. So we're going to be doing prayer journals. We're going to make the prayer experience such a big part of life groups that that week, they're going to go out. It's going to be like a week of camp. They're going to go out and they're going to be like, this night was amazing. And it's because we're going to cap the groups and make it easy for students to focus and dial in. Uh, prayer is such a big deal. Um, and we're going to make it more of a big deal in junior high as we teach them how to hear God's word. Next, we're moving on to some other stuff that, that I really believe in. It's the stuff that's actually outside of these walls or the walls of their own spirit or their own soul. Uh, it's the with others. Now, with others is a really big deal to me. You know, I want to live life with God, but I want to live life with others. I want to take what I learn with God, and I want to apply it with others. Um, I want to be with God and get poured into and grow and develop and mature and learn. And I want to go with others, and I want to live it out with them and teach them. So we're going to help students learn how to share their story. That's a huge deal. That's a part of who we are as a church. We're a storytelling church. Just wait till you guys start seeing some of these camp videos. Huh. You guys are going to be blown away when you see some of these camp videos. Um, we brought our church's videographer, his name's John Levy, an incredible guy, brought him to camp with us. Uh, and he was there filming videos the entire week. And we set up in this room, and I was there, my wife was there, some others, uh, and we were just helping lead students through telling their story. And some of them were the way you'd expect a junior high story to go. Some of them were the way you'd expect a very seasoned, very troubled, very the difficult life of an adult story to go. And you hear the story, and it's like, whoa, whoa, you're like 12, but your story doesn't sound like a 12-year-old. You know, stories are powerful. Jesus taught in stories all the time. That's what, that's what made his teaching style so good. That's why we learn from him when we tell stories. He tells a parable. We tell a story. Uh, 
We want students to learn how to share their story. Not just their salvation story of how they come, came to Jesus, but their growth story of these big spiritual moments that are happening in their life. And we want students to serve. You know, right now, we have three very distinct serves that we do in junior high. The chili van, which I totally believe in. We're such a huge fan. Getting students on a bus, taking them to Santa Ana, seeing, helping them see people that usually are looked through. And we're going to give them something that, that, that is worth more than money, worth more than a shelter, worth more than food. Uh, they may not believe it, but we as Christians do. We're going to give them relationship and conversation. We're going to give them someone that is willing to listen to them and talk with them. That's a very big deal. Uh, we do UCP, which is a, a serve we do with a special needs uh, with United Cerebral Palsy. So good because they bring all their own leaders. So any of you know chaotic stuff that happens, they have leaders there that can take care of everything. It, it allows our students and families to show up and just, and just serve. Just hang out with kids, laugh with them, tell stories with them, play games with them, get to know them. If something happens, their, their staff from U UCP steps in. We, we're just there to have fun with them. And see that life isn't just, you know, you know, the schedule and the craziness and the, you know, sometimes the drama of life. It's just being able to connect with people. So good. And we get to do that with UCP. Uh, and it's free, too. It doesn't cost a penny. So good. Uh, and we do uh, Mexico Family Serves, um, which is something uh, that I started when I w took over junior high. I said we were going to do it. Uh, last year, we were able to announce we were doing it for the first time. And this year, uh, we're, we locked down three dates. Uh, we're going to be releasing them next week. Um, so if you're around next week and you can grab one of our With Others uh, Serve promo, uh, the dates are on there. It's 40 bucks per person. Families can go. It doesn't matter what age they are. Uh, and we're, it's all building up to hopefully what's going to be a great summer of going down there and actually building a house. We're really looking forward to that one. Um, so that's a little bit of a snapshot. It ended up being probably about 30 minutes. But I believe in junior high. You know, all these things we do, it's not just us coming in the office and be like, well, we got to do something. I mean, they're paying us, so let's just, you know, let's, you know, what do you guys want to do? Well, what's some other church doing? Let's just copy what they're doing. It is not that. I do not want to do that. Um, I want to plan custom stuff that's made for our students in Irvine at this campus, and how we can equip other campuses is a beautiful thing. Um, but we have a lot, of, and they're growing. Um, you know, we had 319 students here last weekend. It's the biggest weekend we've had in five years in junior high. Um, this service, the Saturday night service, it used to be like the lame service. Like we always used to call the service, and Paul knows this, this was like practice service, right? It was like, you no, know, to it was totally true. A couple years ago, that's what it was. It was like, it was the dry run. It was the dress rehearsal. Because there would be 25 kids in here, and it would be whatever. We had 80 kids in here tonight, okay? Because families are coming back to church, and they're bringing their friends to church. And they're excited about being here because when they walk in the door, they're accepted no matter what. That's what I hope junior high is known for. And the things we talked about tonight, it's what's going to help us take us into the fall and into the rest of this year. Um, so let me brief, this here, here's the fun part. So this is where the fun part begins. I'm going to now give you a very quick overview of what the next three months are going to look like. And it's very, very brief. Uh, and then I want some of your feedback. So start getting your brain clicking on. Because the things we're planning... We're planning it as, like I said, a bunch of young people doing ministry with students. I want to hear what you guys think about it. If you guys think it's too much in the schedule, if you think that event, you know, this is what could make it better, any feedback you have, I'm going to take it. And then we're going to talk about the next month ahead, uh, the next few months ahead going from January, uh, December, January, and February. And then I'm going to throw uh, three topics that I have that I want to get some of your insights on as we kind of figure out how to navigate them as junior high um, ministry leaders in the church. So let me give you a very quick overview. Uh, we're going into fall kickoff. Mm. Fall kickoff and life group launch. It's going to be great. Uh, the life group schedule, like I said, is on Tuesday. 
Uh, they're in homes. You know, that's the way that they've, they've kind of been for a while. That's the way they're going to be now. Uh, 7 to 8.30. And leaders get there a little earlier. Uh, we're not doing any big events over the next three months. Uh, we're only doing, well, not doing any. We're not doing as many. We're only doing two. Uh, we're strategically placing them um, to be um, hopefully at the, the best points of gathering students because we, I do still like gathering students during the year. I think it's a lot of fun, and we do JHM on the weekends, but I like doing strategic events throughout the year. So we're doing two strategic events this year. Um, we're doing a brand new one that we've never done before called Instagames. Uh, let me tell you about Instagames real quick. They will not come here to church. It's going to be great. They're going to go to your houses. Uh, they're going to get some of their friends together, uh, and they're going to bring them over to your house to have a big sleepover. And it's going to happen after the 5 p.m. service starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, they're going to get home, and they're going to get, you know, all their stuff together and sleep over. And starting at 7 o'clock, we're going to start posting photos on Instagram, Facebook, and on our junior high app. Okay? So it'll be really easy to get to. If you don't do social media at your house, you can log on to the computer. You can see the photo. It's going to be easy stuff. Parents can help out with this. But chances are there's at least one person who will have Instagram or the app or Facebook. And the value isn't the social media. It's the connection that's going to be created. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to put out uh, seven challenges that they will have to do at the house, indoors, not outside of the house, indoor challenges, and then post the photo of those challenges. So first one to build the most creative human pyramid. The first one to grab all the towels in the house and make a mummy out of one of the people in your little group. Okay? So, you know, there you go, some towels. Now, those are just examples. We haven't picked all six of them yet. But it all takes place at the house. Um, they don't register because it doesn't cost any money. It's totally free. And it's the easiest opportunity for them to invite their friends into your home. You know, inviting your friends to church, that's a tough thing. Inviting their friends to your house for a sleepover, that should be, that should be a little easier. And it's right on the heels of the Life Group launch, so hopefully we're going to be able to get some momentum from that. Then we want those students to load up into your cars as parents, who's ever kind of at that house, and bring them to church on Sunday. And give students the opportunity to see church for the very first time. And to see all the photos of the stuff they did. And we'll give away prizes that are not these incredible prizes. Them seeing themselves on the screen, that's a prize in and of itself. And we'll have fun together. And it's an opportunity that's very evangelistic in nature. Low cost, because you can't get any lower than free. And all it costs, really, is the investment of some parents to say yes to hosting an overnight sleepover. And having some fun. It goes from 7 until 10. The last thing posts at 10 o'clock, which is, you know... If you tell them to go to bed at 10, that's great. If you guys have different rules about sleepovers, you go for that too. Uh, I will literally be posting these pictures from my house, like watching like reruns of Big Brother. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to be running around doing stuff, and neither should you guys be. But your students will have the time of their lives, connecting with kids, having fun. That's the deal. Second big event we're going to do is Sugarfest, which we've done that many, many times before. We're doing it November 1st. Uh, we haven't picked a theme yet. Um, but it basically is the same thing that we've done uh, before, 7 to 10 p.m., uh, having fun, um, eating candy, uh, running around the building, doing some crazy stuff. You, typically, it's the biggest event we do. Um, so we launched, like always, Winter Camp right off of that event. Um, now, Winter Camp last year was the biggest it's ever been. Uh, we sold out Winter Camp, I believe, in three, two days. And I don't think it's going to be any different this year. Uh, we're going to launch it again right after Sugarfest. Um, we're going to get kids excited about winter camp again um, in that whole next season of, of the fall. Um, but and those are our evangelistic opportunities. Now, when it comes to serve, serve is completely different. 
Uh, we'll do the UCP, we'll do the Mexico. Um, celebrate Different is right in there, right around uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas time is Celebrate Different, and we're gonna do something creative with families. And there's actually a couple different options that I wanna get your opinions on. Uh, so start thinking of Celebrate Different. I'm gonna give you some options in a second. Uh, and then we're gonna head into November, and it's actually a pretty slow end going into December. Life groups are wrapping up right at the end of December. Um, it is not a heavy calendar. We actually trimmed some stuff off of it. We had a parent learning lab on there that we trimmed off of it to move it a little later just as a, we're trying to collaborate with high school differently. Um, we have something planned for February that's going to be great that I'm going to get to soon. But, uh, but that is what the next three months look like. A couple evangelistic events, um, opportunities in life groups through our spiritual disciplines with God, with others, uh, and then multiple serves. Our serves and the discipleship piece of our ministry far outweighs the fun of our ministry. One, I think serving is fun. Uh, but I want to draw kids into discipleship. You know, the big thing that I've heard complaints of is that, and I've heard it from students as well as parents, and I've listened, uh, that it seems like all we worry about is reaching out and grabbing all these, you know, kids and just, you know, wherever they come, as long as we get them here in the big numbers. Uh, I've heard that complaint, and it is, it is, it is totally legitimate. It is a really good complaint um, because it speaks to what you guys care about most, which is discipling your kids. Uh, you'll see based on our calendar this year that the discipleship of your students far outweigh just the fun and the come and the run around and the crazy. It's the structured, it's the, um, the pre-brief and the debrief of serve. It's the opportunity to see people in a different way um, and the opportunity to do that in community and life group and do it in community and family. So uh, going to celebrate different real quick. We have a couple different options with celebrate different. Uh, one is to do a big serve with the Marines. The Marines and their families come up here, and they do a whole thing. Uh, they throw this big party for all of them, and we could go in junior high, and we could go actually support that big party uh, and make that our thing. Uh, we would go there. We would set everything up. Families would come. Students would come. We would care about that, you know, the Marines and their families, uh, and it was just a great opportunity. The second one is the same thing we did last year with the food sorting. Um, we all get together, and we sort food, and it's just a great thing to do in the afternoon after we've collected things from every campus throughout the course of all of Celebrate Different, and we all get together, and we sort everything. Uh, it'll be after church, I believe, on a Sunday, um, and that's what it'll be. And the last one is a financial one, actually. Uh, we're partnering, and if you uh, didn't get a chance to read through this yet for life groups, uh, this year we're partnering strategically with Rojo Gomez uh, in their breakfast club. So some of the money that you guys pay for registrations, that every family pays for registration, actually goes to support the breakfast club in Rojo Gomez. Uh, the breakfast club that during Celebrate Different, we have the opportunity to raise around four grand to help them buy uh, a chicken coop and buy all the supplies and the chickens and all the stuff needed to build this chicken coop. And then we would go down there as part of our family trip and actually build the chicken coop after we raised all the money. So those are our three options. What do you guys think about that? When I say those three options, what's some of the first things that come to your mind? What resonates with you? What would you like to see your students uh, kind of be interactive in? And you can just raise your hand and I'll just point you out and we'll just go for it. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. All right. What do you think? 
true? What else? So we could, and I guess here's my question. How much do you guys contribute too much? You know, say I, I sent your kids home with a flyer with the four, you know, three, two or three different ways they can do, you know, stuff during Celebrate Different, and part of it is raising money, and part of it is showing up, like, uh, like at a date at a time. You know, I know our schedule. You know, we have a semi-busy schedule, so I can't imagine what it's like for full families. So say I sent them home with a card with different options. Like, how would you guys receive that as a parent? Because we do that sometimes. I never know how it's taken because I don't really hear a lot back. But say I sent them home with, hey, we're going to do this thing for money, and then there's this other thing. How would you guys receive that as parents? Is that useful? Is that annoying? Is it too much? What do you think? Kurt. Yeah, more advanced notice the better as, as always. We have, believe it or not, most of our years already planned. Uh, life groups is all planned for the entire year. We have that online. And the more we can put out there, the better. When it comes to staffing for events, and let's talk about Celebrate Different real quick. Uh, when it comes to staffing for that, luckily Outreach partners with us. Um, and we get a lot of the leading from them uh, and the clarity from them. So when we show up, we don't have to kind of figure it out all on our own. It's not just us sitting in the office designing it. They actually, in outreach, because of what they do and how they do it, they design everything for us, and we just kind of show up and, you know, sign up and show up, and they give us a task, and we kind of do it. Um, the angle of having students design and kind of think through ideas, you know, beforehand is very different 
and I actually would be interested in what that would look like to be able to get families together or students together beforehand. Um, when it comes to the staffing side, uh, we had someone who solely focused on discipleship. Um, his name was Dave. He is, if you got the parent email, is leaving our staff um, very, very soon. So we're not hiring someone to focus solely on discipleship. You might think, well, why is that? Why aren't we, we're going to have someone focus, and they're going to be focusing more on the evangelistic side of our ministry, uh, the life group side, really how we take a kid and move them from the weekend service to life groups, and they're going to own the leader component. So their job is to really go after recruiting leaders across the campus. I think there's a lot of people who go to church here. Uh, we could get a couple hundred, you know, we could get 50 to 100 of them serving in junior high, I think. And that's going to be his job. So what's going to happen with discipleship, you're probably asking. Well, I'm going to own the discipleship. You know, the junior high pastor, believe it or not, doesn't just sit there kind of, you know, pointing orders at people and doing stuff. He actually, believe it or not, junior high, high school pastor, like, actually does stuff too. Like, they have kind of, you know, a list of things. And the discipleship is something I'm extremely passionate about. So when it comes to the serve stuff or when it comes to Mexico or when it comes to our with God with others, that's stuff that I'll be able to be hands-on with, uh, with our interns, with the rest of our staff as far as getting everyone together to hop in the vans and drive down there or uh, going to UCP and showing up and going through and walking through the pre-brief and the debrief. Um, so that's what that's going to look like on the staff side. Uh, I want to empower more leaders. You know, I think we've done a terrible job of empowering leaders. Uh, my wife just pointed out recently the last time we had a volunteer leader up here, like doing announcements or running a game, you know, and it was when I thought about it, it actually was embarrassing. We haven't done it in a while. You know, we have such big staffs that we've become so reliant on that, and I think that's been an issue. Uh, we've, you know, we can manage 80 kids in the room with, you know, seven staff members. You know, when we get to a camp, that's when we realize how, you know, toast we actually are. Uh, you know, in high school, is this is the same situation. They, you know, massive staff, and they can manage everything on a weekend service. Uh, and then we get to camp, and it's like, oh, wait, like, we need more leaders. And then it's always a mad dash for leaders for both of us. So we're going to empower volunteer leaders in a different way to help fill not the void, but instead of having staff members do everything, I'd rather find high-quality volunteer leaders to do stuff. So that's a little bit of the answer to that question of how we're going to go about it. So there you go. Um, I like some of those options. Those are good options. Uh, I'm going to take those, and I'm going to take it, unless there's any more thoughts on Celebrate Different and things you'd like to see. I hear options is, is a good way to go. So go that route. Sounds pretty good. I like that. I like the chicken coop one. I was a big proponent of that, but I didn't want to share that with it when I started. I'm a huge fan of that for that exact reason. Building, going down there, seeing it, the pictures, the stories of what we did as a ministry. Um, that's a really, really big deal. Uh, go ahead. I think you're totally right. All right, so let me give you a quick snapshot then. We're going to end that calendar year. You know, do the serves, do the evangelism things, you know, the, the Insta summer or Insta games and then the, the Sugar Fest. Uh, let's, move into the, uh, let's move into December, January, and February. Um, we're partnering with CIY again. They're going to come here and do their big, uh, you know, uh, big discipleship thing they call the Believe Tour, which would be great. Uh, I wish I had the video. If you haven't, it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's over Valentine's Day. I forgot about that. Uh, it's the 13th and 14th, right, babe? So 13th and 14th, send your kids. Enjoy Valentine's Day by yourselves. Uh, they flew me out there to help plan this year's Believe. We have a great relationship with CIY. And when you go sign up your kid for life groups, there's a little thing there where you can click the link and watch this video that I'm in. It's like from a few months ago when I weighed like 30 pounds more. And like, so my face is a lot thinner in real life now. On the video, I was kind of, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah, I know. No, I want I want to point it out because I know you were all thinking it, so that's why I decided to point it out. I've been working out really hard. I weigh 198 now. Uh, so there you go. You know, you know, got a couple of woos, babe. Don't worry about it. Uh, so we're going to partner with CIY again, and it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be the marquee thing for life groups. Uh, we don't do, we're not going to do a big retreat or getaway. You know, we do, you know, winter camp, and that's, a, you know, that's fun, and that's discipleship too. That's camp. Um, but this is intensive with your life group. Life group leaders are required to be there. Um, they'll come. They'll sleep here at church. We'll feed them great food somewhat. And, uh, and we're going to spend time together worshiping together. And there's a great speaker coming in. Uh, my friend from, uh, from Willow Creek was here uh, last year. Uh, Scott Rubin, who does uh, junior high ministry there. I don't know who they're going to get this year, but they, they have a really good lineup of, of people that uh, well, yeah, I get to talk to now and then. So they're, they're really fun people. Um, sure. Sure. So CIY is actually, and if anyone has any questions, like you do what he just did, like pop up and be like, hey, what the heck are you talking about? No, no, that's good. So CIY is Christ in Youth. Uh, it's based out of Joplin, Missouri, which is not too far from I went to college, actually. Uh, and their whole deal is putting on events where youth pastors can win at these events. So, you know, I think of an event or a camp that I do, and I'm the teacher at the event, and I'm also the crisis manager, you know, kid, you know, cracks his head and, you know, what are we going to do and go into the hospital and I'm hopping in the ambulance with him. Uh, you know, I'm in a cabin hanging out with kids. I'm helping, you know, do the funny stuff on stage. So I'm running around and I'm not hanging out with students as much as I'd like to be. CIY, Christ in Youth, puts on events or camps. Uh, they do Believe for junior high. They do Mix. It's a camp. Uh, Move is another camp they do for high school. They just do all these events that they plan everything, and all you do is sign up and go, and it's high quality because it's made by people who have been youth pastors for years, uh, and it allows me to go with my kids, worship with them, hang out with them. It gives kids the you know eyes-wide moment that we don't always provide here because they bring in with all the tools and all the technology. You know They spend a year planning that two-day event. I spend you know a couple months planning a one-night event. So they spend years with a big staff planning this two-day event. So it is out of this world in fun, and it's out of this world in how that fun connects to discipleship, which is most important to me. And it frees me up to sit with kids and worship with them and dance with them and have fun with them and have discussion with them without having to worry about all the other stuff. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been a good partnership. They really love Mariners. They, they host here, which is a gift. Not every church gets to host these events um, nationwide, about 14 churches nationwide. And some of them aren't even churches. They're hosted in uh, like uh, convention centers where you got to stay in a hotel and whatnot. Um, our kids have the benefit of a student center and, and a, you know, other buildings to sleep in uh, and having it you know, where they call home, not too far from home. Um, so there you go. There's CIY. So great marquee event. We get a big discount. It's 30 bucks. Um, we're not going to open it up to the general public of junior high. It's only going to be for life group students. So it's only going to be promoted to life groups because it's a life group event. It's our way of taking seriously the, those who say, I want to be serious in discipleship, um, which is a bummer. I'm sure there's a lot of kids who would say yes to that event, but it wouldn't be a win for them because they're not connected in these life groups. They haven't been walking through life with these people for months or in some of these groups, years. So we're not promoting it church-wide. It's not going to be in the parent email. It's not going to be promo pieces on the screen. It's going to be stuff that life group students walk away with uh, to help them get connected even deeper in an experience with one another. So that's what that, what that is going to look like. Uh, we're also doing um, three really big events that we've never done before. Okay, Three big events we've never done before. Uh, three events that I personally have been very passionate about. 
Um, I believe that the best junior high ministry is a family-based ministry. I've always felt that way. Um, when I took over junior high, uh, we were, you know, kind of right here where it was a very junior high student-based ministry. Um, we do stuff for students, and we connect with students, and, and it was built that way, and it was built that way, it really was built that way for a very long time. Uh, I came with a very different perspective. The best way to reach students is sometimes reaching it through the families. So we have three big events coming up this year uh, that we've never done before that I want to get some of your opinion on what to make it successful, what you'd be willing to do, what you wouldn't be willing to do. Uh, the first one is our Christmas party, which I literally despise the Christmas party. I don't like the Christmas party. Last year, we were, I was Hawaiian dancing on stage. I hate that stuff. Uh, I don't like it at all. Seriously, I'm not even kidding. It was, it was really embarrassing. Uh, and so I want to do something different. And it's our lowest attended event. And it's in December. And, you know, there's Celebrate Different going on. And it's like families are doing stuff. So we always just did this goofy Christmas party. This year, we're going to do something different. We're going to do a family elf night ugly sweater party. It's going to be awesome. And parents are going to come with their kids, and you're going to be able to invite your family uh, and friends, your neighbors, and say, hey, at church, they're showing elf, and we're going to eat elf food. And this is the best thing. It costs, it costs a whopping $0 to come with your family because we're putting the money in our ministry. That's why people give in the offering boxes to give us money to do ministry. We're going to use this as an opportunity to do ministry with not only your family, but hopefully with your kids' friends, and their parents as well, people that you know, that, you know, it's difficult inviting people to church, and, you know, what's this about in junior high? What are they doing there? And what do they teach there? And who's this guy? And what's going on? This is going to give you an opportunity to invite them. So you'll wear ugly sweaters. You will eat elf food, and we'll actually have some really good food for adults, you know, after you're done, you know, taking a bite of the goofy stuff with the syrup on it. You'll have adult food, and the kids will screw around and have fun. And then we'll do a, you know, a fashion show where everyone will show off their ugly sweater Christmas party you know, as a family, and they'll take photos, and we'll watch the movie Elf together. What do you guys think of that event? What do you think would make that event good? What, what about that event do you think is just, that sounds nuts? What questions do you have about that event? You can ask me or share anything you'd like, because I want it to be successful. And it's only going to be successful if you guys are buying into it. So let's start with this. Who'd be willing to come in an ugly sweater with their kids to this thing? Mm. That is a really good question. What do you guys think the answer to that is? You tell, you know, we stand up here on stage and say, hey, this event's coming up. It's for families. Bring your parents. It's going to be great. How do you think they're going to respond to you? Do you think they're going to give you a big no? Go ahead. So if I'm the one promoting it and saying that this thing's going to be great, do you think they'll be more receptive? All right, what else do you guys think? Any other opinions on this? Go ahead. Incentive. Yeah, it's good. I like that. I like prizes for the family or prizes for the person. Ugly sweater trophy. <laughs> the family ugly sweater. And the whole family does it and they wear. Go ahead. Pictures, yeah.
I know. Look at the squares. You, you guys start looking now. I know. Uh, photos, like a photo booth, like a family photo booth. Go ahead. So kits, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving, a lot of moving parts there by uh, for sure. But I like the kit idea and make an ugly sweater. That's interesting. Okay, all right. What, what do you think? Yeah. No, no, it's totally fine. That was someone else's idea. They don't even work here anymore. <laughs> don't worry about it. You're totally good. Yeah. Interactive, more, so more program-oriented. I like that a lot. No, no. Karaoke. Oh, Janet volunteers for everything. You know, I've tried to hire Janet a couple times. She keeps saying no. Hard time, I'm telling you. Easiest job in the world. I'm a really nice boss. I'm very giving. And, like, I love time off and, like, vacation. No? All right. That's true. Uh, okay. Here's, here's what's next. Uh, I really like those ideas. I'm going to take those to my team. We're going to start developing something great. But it's going to happen in December. It's going to be awesome. Uh, here's the second thing. Uh, this is something we've never done before. I'm such a big believer in it. I hope you guys like it. I'm moving fast. Don't worry. I'm looking at the time. I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm a really big believer in this. I want to do, and we've never done it before, a father-daughter date day and a mother-son date day. Okay? Never done it before. Uh, I, I, and this is the reason why. I was talking to a dad a long time ago, uh, and he was talking about his daughter. He had two daughters, um, and he was, his, his oldest was in eighth grade at the time, so now she's in high school, and they've kind of, you know, the whole thing, and he doesn't have any more younger daughters, so I don't really get to see him that much anymore. But he was talking about his relationship with his daughter, and that he just didn't, he just was kind of confused, and he wanted my advice. I'm like, I'm like, you want my advice on this? I, uh, and the only thing I think of was, you know, do you take your daughter out for dates? And that's literally the only piece of advice I got from, like, a youth ministry book I read a long time ago. And he's like, no, he's like, I don't do that. Like, how do you even do that? I'm like, we should, like, do that. We should, because some dads do this all the time, and some dads, they, you know, they, they don't do it all the time. And because, not because they don't want to, because they just, you know, how do you put that together? Uh, and the same thing with moms, too, and sons, and, and, you know, how do you create that environment where those date moments can be successful, and those, you know, kind of family moments can be successful? So we're definitely wanting to do it, but we're trying to vet what would be great dates for you to do with your kids. So that's the question. Uh, these are the ideas we came up with. Mothers and sons playing paintball, which I think would be awesome, okay? Okay, I think it would be awesome, but I feel like some people are like, no, I will not do that. And the father-daughter one, we were thinking like more of like a formal dinner 
with like, you know, you come and push the chair in and just like kind of a little more formal and you know, we have to find the right location for that. We could do it here at church, we could do it somewhere else. Uh, but what do you guys think? And dads can participate. This is a perfect opportunity to share, you know, some of your best date ideas for you and your kid. Maybe you've done something awesome before. Maybe you, something you've always wanted to do and now you can share it with everybody. Date ideas. What's up, babe? We'll figure that out when we put together the communication stuff. Like, they don't have one or the other. We have a plan for that, but. Yeah, seriously, paintball is great, right? Yeah, we have, a, we, have a plan, we have a plan for that whole thing. That's a good question. What my plan is? Well, not every bit of it's put together right now. Because we're not going to do this event until, like, March. But there is a plan. I have not forgotten. I grew up with a single mom, so I get that dynamic very, very much. Uh, you know, You know, whatever. Uh, we'll have it figured out. Go ahead. Date ideas. Okay. It hurts. It definitely hurts. K1. All right. It's like a speed racing. They could do K1 together. All right, what else? What are some other good date ideas? Ooh, I like rock climbing. Yeah. Mm. Babe, remember that thing I was talking about before, that idea I had for the thing, the affirmation thing? We should, I should figure that out. No, well, we're doing this. I'm doing this thing, and she, we're doing this thing for life groups this year. That that, and we were talking about how to make that affirmation thing a bigger part of the life group experience. Because I totally agree with you. It's so big. Yeah. What else? So you're talking about a, like more decentralized. So I think of I think a decent like a centralized like dad sign up online for the date. We'll put place cards. Everyone show up here. We're gonna serve dinner. Centralized event. You're talking decentralized. So maybe equip a dad with like here's a daddy daughter date packet. Here's how to pull it off. Here you go and go do your. What else? All right, here, go ahead. Sounds like a triple date. Sounds awesome. No, it's not awesome. Oh, yeah, you'll be done for. You know? You know what? I actually, I didn't think through that one. That's a really good question. I'll have to put some thought into that. All right. Here's another. Here's another question. And we're we're still thinking about ideas too. But here's an, I want to put try and put a number on this. How much would you spend for this date? 
And, and, and that's a big deal because it kind of goes into how we plan it. I mean, that's the difference between like, hey, we're going to get, you know, a bunch of KFC, you know, and you just pick out your stuff to like, we're going to have, we're going to do it at a restaurant and like, we're going to have servers. I mean, price is a thing. So I don't want to say, hey, we're going to do this date and it's like, you know, 50 bucks, a per, you know, and no one's like, man, it's too expensive. We're not going to do that. So what do you guys, and this, is, and this isn't like a date you just go on. I mean, it's a church, it's centralized, decentralized, whatever. How much would you willing to pay to do this with your own kid? It's a lot of kids. Do I have 70? Do I have 70 bucks? No, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. I think right in that price range is the way to go. Of course. I mean, when, well, I can't wait to see <laughs> what my scholarship budget looks like at the end of this year. <laughs> so that's going to be party time. Yeah, it would be per, it would be, it would be either, we'd either have the per person price or the couple price. Uh, I, I would think I was thinking more of like a couple, so like 60 bucks for the couple is what I was thinking. I think 50 bucks a person, I don't even spend 50 bucks a person on my dates, you know. See everyone laughing? It's good. Kurt, what do you think? totally with you. Don't overprogram. I can, I totally agree. Um, anything else? There we go. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Man, it, you know how bad it hurts. You ever shot with paintball before? Yeah, it really hurts. I have. It's the worst. Last year, me and uh, Caitlin Shenuda, amazing daughter, we both wore leopard onesies at winter camp for, I don't know how that worked out, and we went and played paintball together, and I got shot a lot, and it really hurt. It's the end of the story. Yeah, car racing, I like car racing. Okay, good. Any last thoughts on the date night stuff? I believe in families. I want to make families work. Uh, I want to emphasize that more than emphasizing running around here with water balloons. Uh, I think that's what makes a good junior high ministry, so that's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
right? Oh yeah, I don't like phones. You guys, you guys must feel how, know how I feel about phones at camp and stuff. I take the. We don't even allow those. Man, we caught this one kid with a phone. Man, I who? Not your kid. It was a different kid. <laughs> different kid. Really, this one really snuck. He like hit it in his shoe and stuff. And he's a weirdo. Uh, I love him, man. I love him. Jesus met him at camp. Um, he'll never bring a phone again. All right, so here's the real big one. This is the big ticket item. This is really, this is one of the, re this is the reason why, uh, and we're going to give a chunk of time to this, and the last, like, 10 minutes, it's going to be, I'm just going to let you guys ask me questions, uh, and I'm gonna, then I'm going to share a last little bit before you ask some questions. This is the real reason I decided to do the parent council this time, okay? Uh, usually, it's sparked by a big need. Um, the big need, this, you know, the last time we did it was life groups. It was a huge need. We had to figure out life groups. We were we were failing at life groups last year. We really messed the, that one up big time, uh, and I'm the first one to say it. They were the groups were too big, and leaders weren't trained enough. And there was it was it. You know, at the end of the year, it was not what I wanted it to be, and I'm the first one to say that. And we had to make a change, and we did make a change, pretty drastic one. Um, and that's what motivated the last parent council. We all got together and discussed it. Uh, staff transitions have been bonkers around here. Uh, we had Ryan leave. He went back to school. Um, Dave is just transitioning off the team. Uh, there's probably a lot of uncertainty about junior high, uh, and we're going to be hiring some new people. I've been interviewing and talking to new people. In the, in the midst of that, high school will be hiring some new people soon as well. Um, so they'll be bringing new staff on. So the staffs are growing, and everybody, you know, everybody's growing around here, and we're, 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 we are replenishing. Uh, and there, you probably have some questions about that, okay? So Think through your questions about that, and we're going to talk to, talk about those a little bit. Um, but he, because of that transition, uh, it gave me the opportunity to talk to a few more parents than I typically get to. I do the parent with the, the coffee with the junior high pastor, so I get to talk to a lot of parents uh, in that. But I got the opportunity to talk to a few extra parents because as staff transition and different people need to connect with different people, and most people all just come to me. And through that, I started talking to a parent, and we were talking about sports. So I played sports growing up, huge sports fan. Uh, and the kid who played the sport, I want him to go to summer camp with us. So I said, you should come to summer camp. Like, this is going to be awesome. And he's like, well, I got to talk to my mom and my dad about it. I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, you know, come on. And he was in Ryan's life group. Uh, or he was in, like, Ryan's, not life group. He was in his robotics group. So that's kind of how the relationship was. And now Ryan was leaving. So I kind of, you know, jumped in to kind of make sure he stays plugged in. Uh, and I was talking to his mom and dad. And I was like, hey, you know, listen, you know, I really want him to go to camp. What do we got to do to make it happen? And they said, man, I, re I really want him to go to camp too. Here's the problem. We talked to his coach, and his coach said that if he went to camp and he wasn't at practice, that he, he might lose his spot as a starter, and we don't want that to happen. And I said, okay. And I really thought about it. And you got to keep in mind, I'm not a coach. I'm not a tutor or a teacher. I'm a pastor, and I don't have kids. So I don't understand the sports dynamic like completely. But this is how I felt. And I'm just going to be completely honest. In my gut, this is how I felt. I felt that parent... And I, it was a parent I had a relationship with, so I, could, I felt I could be honest with him. I felt that parent, in the moment, was delegating responsibility of parenting to this coach to make the, the, what would be the biggest decisions for this kid's life, uh, these, what would be these big spiritual moments at camp. He, they were letting the coach make the decision instead of the parent. Now, it's so sticky in Orange County talking about sports. I feel like you talk about sports and church, like you're, you're picking a fight, and you're, you're looking, and you better come armed. Be, and because and and the reason part of the reason is I feel like in some ways every not every parent I feel like some parents think that their kids are going to grow up to go to USC and go to the NFL and that's just going to be the story and I don't think that's every kid's story and I don't think that should be every kid's story but 
it still happens. So my responsibility as a youth pastor at this church is to speak into that in a godly way, in an understanding way, in a caring way, uh, in a way that does not push my Justin agenda, but pushes a godly perspective. Um, and I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to that. But I have to have a response to that. Like I have to, I have to be able to say something in response to that that is healthy and godly and affirms the church and affirms them as parents. And I don't know how to do that. And because I was dealing with that, I knew that I had to get parents together and I had to hear from them. How do you, how do I, how does the ministry of junior high, how do we operate with sports and church? Do, do you guys collect, there's a lot of people, do you guys collectively say, don't bother us about it? Like, is that, is the answer parent, you know, parents saying, Justin, just, that's an off limits topic. And I don't think that's what anyone in here is going to say. But I got to figure out how to talk better to families about it. So I'm hoping that you guys can take, and it's not a lot of time, like, like eight minutes at your table, and just talk about it at your table. Sports is the topic. A family comes to me and like, oh, my kid can't do life groups. He's just, he's just so into water polo, and I love water polo. I think it's great. I also think life groups is great, and I want to be able in a healthy way explain that. Now listen, I know a lot of your kids play sports, so I want to have the right posture here. I'm not coming down on sports. I'm not coming down on the church's side. I'm not coming down on the sports side. I, I want to be neutral. I want to be on the family side. But in order to be on the family side, and because I don't have a family, I need to hear from you guys as families. What's the best way to go about it? What's the best way to address it? Is it worth addressing? I if it is worth addressing, what should be said? What shouldn't be said? Like, what's the off-limit comments, like the things that just are going to be said and they're just going to spark argument? And what's the things that could be said in a loving way to help, to help convey the love of the church while still honoring the commitment to a sports team or to that responsibility. You know, I, I, uh, I would love the moment, and I don't think it'll ever come, but it might. I'd love the moment that a student said, you know, man, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to play football, but, you know, I, I committed to this life group, and I'm, I'm in on this life group. I just, sorry, sorry, coach, I just can't do it. Now, I would love that as a pastor because it, it says something about, it just says something about them and their, their love for the church and their love for community. But I also love hearing students say, like, hey, I'm committed to my sports team. Like, I want to be with those people because I think Christian people should be where people who don't believe in Jesus are. Like, I believe in that. So I want to see that happen, too. I want to be able to figure it out. So I'm going to give you guys eight minutes to talk at your tables. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we could go with every any activity. The, the sports is what motivated, but, I mean, the value is really any activity The so talk about it at your table, and then we're going to get back, and I'm going to hear some of your answers. And then we're going to go into Q&A, and it's going to be awesome.
All right, here we go. I am here, and if you have notes yourself at your table, feel free to rip them out and leave them for me if you don't have a chance to share everything, but what do you guys think? What sh how should I start going about these conversations in a healthy way? Any? It is a tough one. Hey, it is, it's extremely tough. I know. I know. Seriously. Whew. I'll get a stand-in junior high pastor to deal with those issues, I guess. You know. What do you guys think? Go ahead. I think it's, yeah. I remember in New York, it was the whole thing was bonkers. I wasn't even that good. Yeah. What else?
So don't pla plant the flag on a one-week camp start. And then you. All right, here we go. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, so no relationship. This isn't. But if there's a relationship there, discussion can be had. All right, I agree. Take over singles and young married ministry. <laughs> I like what you're thinking. You're thinking just growing the yeah, just growing us out. I like that. I like that a lot. It's a really good idea. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I'm with you. Uh, but I totally agree with you. I think it's a, it's a conversation you need to start like even like next door before before we even get here. All right. Talk to me about that. You know, when I was in high school, I was on a roller hockey team. That's how I got really connected. It's called the River Rats. And that's not made up. There's a jersey with River Rats. Remember this? Babe, remember? oh, she's talking to somebody. Uh, so I, was, I had this jersey. I was the assistant captain on the team, the River Rats, when I played roller hockey with Tony. He, did you hear what he said? Okay, he talked. Uh, okay, well, he talked about churches doing sports teams. Okay, I was telling the story of when I was a kid and did it, too. All right, whatever. The point is, I'm totally for that. Here is an idea. I just want to throw out there real quick. We, I, this is the idea I'm stealing from uh, my sister-in-law's church, actually. They did a thing called talent camp. 
right? Was that what it's called? Talent camp? Talent camp, where you'd come for a week of camp, and it was at the church or at a location, I forget what, and you'd specialize in these different talents, rather it be, you know, volleyball or sports, but theirs were more artistic. It was like, you know, photography and these different things. But the whole idea is you sign up for a talent, the thing that you want to spend time doing and becoming talented in and blah, 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 so on and so forth, uh, and then living that out for a week. And, you know, we have a beautiful facility. We could do tons of stuff. Uh, say we did that for a week, and it, that's how it was focused. It was geared toward kids' talents and their passions and living those out, but in a Christ-centered context. We've already been, I've been, so you guys don't know how, so I do a thing, I'll just give you a little insight in my brain. Uh, every week, I sit for, I start with five minutes right now, and I build up to 15 minutes a week. I'll sit there at a computer and just empty my brain out of ideas 15 minutes a week for the following summer. Because summer's a huge deal. I mean, summer, you see 213 kids come check out church for the very first time. So summer's a big deal. And we start brainstorming summer months in advance. I've already started brainstorming next summer. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but Talent Camp is one of those things on my list that I, it sparked something from this church called Mosaic, a guy named Erwin McManus. And I was like, what would that look like in the junior high context to do it? Like, not VBS, but like it, it's here at the campus and they can sign up to do volleyball or, you know, music or whatever. You got to find volunteers for it. Talent Camp, totally different. Drawing in different kids, doing like board, you know, chess. And, you know, I know that sounds goofy, but like for some kids, it's not goofy. For some kids, they'd be like painting. You know, I'm not a painter. Uh, but some kids would be like, yeah, I'm totally in. If there's someone legitimate who can teach us how to paint for a week, I'm in for a super low cost because, you know, I like doing things cheap. All right. No, please. make it happen. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. There, we, we, we did a great debrief of camp, or of summer, and we'll do an even bigger one soon. Uh, coming up on the 10th of August, we do a big debrief of summer and camp, and the, one of the things we saw was that. It was the, the consistency piece, and so I'm with you 100%. Getting kids connected in that way. Um, all right. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line there. I, I want to honor that. I want kids being happy coming to church. You know, it's a commuter campus. That's what Kenton always says. Uh, you know, it's a regional campus because we're drawing in from everybody. And we did this graph where we put everyone's address from summer camp, and it popped up like pins all around. And it was, like, beautiful seeing all these pins pop up everywhere. And some of them, like, pretty far that we're drawing families from, which is awesome. But we got to figure out how to dr make both those work because every kid matters. I hear exactly, and I know your daughter. Yeah.
Yeah, you're right. I'm totally with you. A hundred percent. Like, we got to figure this out. All right. All right. Uh, wow. Okay. I swear we're going to get out of here in like two seconds, okay, because I know your kids need to go to bed. Uh, here's the deal. If you were to just rattle off topics, we do these parent emails. We're always trying to come up with better topics. If you were to just throw out a topic that you'd like to see, con not just content from me, but, you know, hitting up a, a Fields or a Jim Burns or seeking out great content on a topic that matters to parents, what are some topics you'd like to hear about in the parent emails that we do? You can just throw them out. I'll write them down. Okay. What else? Any topic at all? That's great. Haha. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Man, if I, I have some, uh, man, oh man, junior hires, man, they're funny. All right, relationship, dating. What else? killer. Cool. All right. On that note, this is what I'll say. Two last things and I'm going to for a couple quick questions. I'm still going to hang around. Uh, we have Parent Learn Lab. The next Parent Learn Lab we're going to do is from uh, an idea we got from a parent. It's going to be killer. It's going to be an understanding your kid's app learning lab. Uh, you will come as a parent. You'll sit in your rows and you'll bring your phone and technology piece. I'll plug my phone into the screen and I'll walk parents through everything. The stuff they don't know that exists, all the apps they don't know, how they actually work, uh, like all the crazy, like you see this icon, it looks like this little smiley like ghost and it's like, oh, it's a cute smiley ghost. Like that thing must be great. But it's like the worst app like in the history of mankind and like, w and help educate parents. And it's going to be beautiful and it's not going to cost anybody a penny because it's just me up there with my phone talking and that's the next learning lab. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, uh, we haven't set the date yet, but we will and you'll hear about it. It's going to be incredible. Um, and then there was one, oh, February. Uh, is sex month. It's going to be great. We're doing, I know, it's great, right? That's why I saved the best for last. Uh, February, we're going to be doing the, I know, so good, I know. Uh, we're going to be doing the sex series uh, in February. High school will be doing a sex series in February. Uh, we'll be bringing in Jim Burns, and he'll be doing a parent night for parents in February for the high school, the junior high parents, and the parents from Port Mariners. Uh, they're not doing a sex thing in Port Mariners. Uh, but, but, I know, I know, but, you know, there's, there's good topics to be covered for, for children about, you know, appropriate touch and, you know, all these different things. Um, so, it's going to be great in February. Does anyone have any light questions they'd like me to answer real quick before we wrap up? Uh, and then I have my gift for you, which you guys are going to love the gift I have for you because I care about you all very much. Go ahead. They'll be maxed at eight students per one liter. Some of the eighth graders, some of the eighth graders, oh, in the house. So if there's two liters in the house, that means 16 kids will fit in that house. Yeah, 
So we're, we're pretty intentional with the houses we're going to grab. Uh, I have like a whole paradigm of what goes into a great house. It needs to be by a park, hopefully, or it has to have enough space inside. Chanus are perfect because they have the outside balcony plus a downstairs plus an upstairs plus an upstairs balcony. They have a pretty killer house. Uh, the, uh, where I go with the violas, they have a park outside. So we run over to the other side and have a park outside, and it's great. So it, it, it's got to work for the house that it's in. Like, it's got to work spatially. If it doesn't, it's not going to work at all. Yeah, so, so when I say their groups are capped, like eight students per one leader. But would you ever have 24 in that situation? Oh, so if we had three leaders, would we have 24? Uh, no, that's not, that's not the hope to do that. No, no. Uh, I, the hope is to have two leaders, 16 kids or less, uh, and that would be the deal. Now, there's always exceptions. My eighth grade group, there's going to be an exception. My wife's group, there'll be an exception. But soon, once we build in the culture from year to year, no longer will there be exceptions. It'll all grandfather itself, you know, out of the ministry. My eighth graders will leave. Seventh graders, which seventh grade groups, there are no issues right now. Sixth grade groups haven't even been formed yet. So we're really a year away from this being just who we are as a ministry. So there you go. Good one. Absolutely. Yep. hundred percent. That's the goal every year. Yeah. So if you go to jhmlifegroups.com, uh, we got our curriculum with group publishing. They are awesome. Uh, they give us tons of stuff for free because they like Mariners and they like, uh, uh, students and they like, you know, the whole deal. They like us being able to say they use the live curriculum at this church, which is totally fine with me. Uh, so if you go on there, you'll be able to see a bunch of series and we'll be adding more to it. And we'll be empowering the life group leaders actually to pick the series that their group does. So I look at my boys and it's like, you guys need to learn something about respect. So let's do a series. And, you know, this other girls group wants to do a series on understanding, you know, God's, you know, voice and how to hear God's voice. They'll have a bunch of options. Um, each one, they come with the same components every week. Parent stuff, which you can go on and see, but your leaders will send it to you. Uh, prep stuff, so stuff a leader will read to prepare themselves. Uh, and then the group stuff, which is really like, it's like a play-by-play -play for the entire meeting. Great leaders will be able to go off script and go in great directions. Rookie leaders, which we're going to have some of those who are still great, but they're still just rookies, uh, will be able to follow that like pretty pretty concisely and and run an incredible group still. Yeah, yeah, that'll never happen. Uh, so part of the new person's job that I'm hiring for, his job is with leaders and with life group leaders. Uh, he's a ministry coordinator. That'll be his title, uh, and it will be a him. Uh, most likely, it will be a him. Uh, it, but chances are it's going to be a him. So him. He will be a ministry coordinator, so he'll oversee this whole local school initiative thing that I'm cooking up that's like the first that's ever going to happen. It's going to be insane. But he's also going to work with our life groups and our leaders intimately, and he's going to know them really well. And we're going to track, I mean, that's our job is to track with every single group, how their group went, mining for conflicts in each group, making sure we're staying on track. Uh, and if there's issues, it's issues we're going to know about. That was, that was one of the plights um, with Dave. You know, we didn't set him up for great success because he wanted to write all the curriculum himself, which was awesome, and we released him to it. He spent so much time writing curriculum that he didn't have enough time to spend with leaders. And that wasn't his fault. It was the fault of just the system that was developed. We're developing a whole new system. That person's job isn't to write curriculum. It's already up online. Their job is to spend time with leaders, with the people face-to-face. -face. 
uh, it's going to change everything. There's going to be a consistency to that like we've never had before. Well, we're going to do three things with leaders this year. Um, one is we did coffee with junior high pastor. It's been super successful. We're doing coffee with the leader. It's going to be great. So staff will be having coffee with leaders pretty regularly. Uh, two, they'll do regular check-ins over the phone and via email. Um, but more importantly, um, that party, it is a party, but a little bit of it is a debrief. It's sitting down, like, how did everything go? What were the great stories? Hey, what were the things that, you know, kind of went wonky? And what can we learn from each other? And then, you know, let's celebrate and have great food. You know, parties more of, you know, really good food and some fun, um, but great conversation and sharing those stories, but sharing the difficult parts. So we've created the, what is most important to me, availability in the ministry that they can come to staff, that we, they don't just come to us. We actually go to them and we're just available in the community to sit down and have coffee with them. It doesn't cost them anything to just show up. Uh, the emails, um, the check-ins. I, mean, I mean, that's the measurable of this new guy's job. Like, I'll look at him and be like, who did you, and here's the spreadsheet, and, you, you know, I mean, it's totally measurable and trackable, which I love trackable data. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So there you go. Here we go. Is there a transition in place where the eighth graders can feel trusted? Yeah. I know for the first time in this year, it feels like a great job, and I know my daughter comes from a parent that is not wanting to make it easy on her. I hear that a lot. We're actually working on a plan to help kids fail their eighth grade year to stay in <laughs> junior high. It's a thing. It's pretty, first of its kind, really really excited about it. Um, you know, I work, I work strongly with Jared and making sure that we transition every single kid uniquely. Um, we're going to be, um, you know, for the boys, the boys are in luck uh, because I'm, gonna, I'm actually not transitioning to high school, so I'm not going and working in high school. I would, uh, I not that I would never, but I will not right now uh, work in high school. But I will be going there as a volunteer leader with the boys when they transition up to high school, and I'll go to one of their midweeks and serve with them. Um, as far as like the staff side across the board, we've been working up what our transition plan looks like. Uh, we've done a good job this year. We did a better job this than I think we've done in the past. We'll do a great job this next year. Um, staff being more available and here more, more uh, like more regularly throughout the year. Like I go up to Port Mariners, I start in two months going up there and teaching like once a month. So they're going to come up here and they're not going to teach. But they'll be in the breakout groups and be with kids. They'll show up at life groups randomly and just be there. Um, once we get into the real transition season, um, they'll be there uh, for, you know, weekend stuff. And they'll be there, um, you know, when they do the parent stuff. And how we hand off eighth grade parents to the high school team is very important. Uh, I, will, I take that very seriously. Figuring out how to make it work exactly is still a work in progress. But they're... they're um, I believe they're, they're hiring a few more staff members. I mean, they're growing the team to, you know, fulfill the needs of, of, uh, of the high school ministry. Um, so hopefully when we get there, we're going to be in really good shape because there'll be a whole lot of people doing it and we'll, we'll be able to make it work and it'll be great. That's the plan. <laughs> there you go. Anything else? Yeah, it's the 20th of September. So it'll be in this next email that's coming up. We just announced it this week to students. It'll be in the next email. Actually, it's probably in the email. No, it wasn't the email you just got. It'll be in the next one you get, though. And calendars will be here available next week as well. Um, and a whole when, when, if you came in here next week, it'll look totally different. In here, uh, in the room, we're doing a complete overhaul of all the print pieces, banners, uh, carpets. Just everything in that room is going to look totally different. All the print pieces on the front here will look totally different. You guys should stop in next week as part of fall kickoff. It's going to be rad. It's going to be really rad. 
So let me pray for you. I'm still going to hang out. So if you have questions, come find me. This is an invaluable time to me in the ministry. Trust me, this stuff, very, very useful. And I will be putting it into very good use when I meet with my team. Uh, we're interviewing people, just so you know. We're going to hire people. Uh, we're going to hire the right people. And I'm not going to rush into it. Um, I know one thing for sure, and I always say it. Uh, I know that as staff move, it just is what it is. They're young. Um, and they're talented, and I want them to go do exciting things. I know that I'm not going anywhere. I love being the junior high pastor. It's a job I've always wanted. I'm not going anywhere, so don't stress out about that. And people will change and staff will change, but the vision of the ministry, what we do, it will stay consistent. Nothing in that world is changing. So rest with that, or you know, if you hate me as the junior high pastor, then you're stuck with me, so get over it. Uh, let me pray for you, and then I'll point out your gift in the room. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these parents um, who care so deeply for their kids. They're willing to give up a night plus a little extra um, to just talk with me and share some great ideas with me and, and let me hear their questions, which help me understand that what we need to be focusing on as we go into the future. Uh, you know these students better than I do, better than their parents do. You made them, every bit of them, every hair on their head is what you say. So because of that, help us lead them very well. Help us love them very well. Uh, you know, as I one day have kids, help that be a great situation where I learn from the experience and the wisdom of others who are around me. Thanks for giving us a church that's willing to spend the money on dinner for a bunch of parents so that the junior high pastor can learn some things. Thanks for having a church that values junior high students and giving them a room and a space to call their own uh, and a staff that loves them and cares for them. Thank you. Thank you for the year ahead, what you are going to do. You are such a good God. Thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen.